Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. He's just come, hopefully, to tell the truth. Um, We looked at discipleship looking like a follower first, week one. We looked last week at discipleship looking like a harvester in week two. Today, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter three. We're going to look at discipleship looking like a messenger is what we're called to be. Uh, uh, to be messengers here in, in Matthew chapter 10. We'll look at verses 5 to 15 together and see what we can glean from this text today in Matthew 10, verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not uh, get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff. For workers are worth their keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there to stay at that person's house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, Let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Five things today I want us to glean from this text about our being messengers as disciples. The first is this, is that messengers need to be focused. You need to be focused. Look at verses 5 and 6 together with me. It says, These twelve Jesus sent out with with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any any town of the Samaritans. Go rather, watch, to the lost sheep of Israel. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus sends his disciples out. Another gospel account tells us two by two in, in, in teams of two and gives them very specific instructions. The timing wasn't right to take the message to the Gentiles yet. We'll see more about their readiness a little later on. But he was directing their efforts to the Jews because that followed the Father's uh, plan and purpose and design. Uh, He had a plan reached first through Jesus to come in their presence and reveal Messiah to them, hopefully, in their presence. So there was a clear plan and process in place, and Jesus was pulling the curtains back to let the disciples see that process and plan as messengers. That's what's going on here. Uh, The the plan would expand after his uh, resurrection and ascension, of course, to include the Gentiles and us uh, sitting here today, but it requires them to, at this time to be focused on the Jews. Can I share with you where I believe America needs to be focused today? In two areas. One is beyond our borders. Those around the world, around the globe, are hungry for the gospel that we've, we've grown complacent to. Uh, I've, I've seen it. I've been a part of it, witnessed it myself personally. But there's a hunger when you get out, outside the, the, the boundaries of this country. But I believe there's people to reach here as well. I believe there is a mushy, hungry, searching for truth middle of folks that want to know, is there anything absolute? Can I trust anything absolutely? Uh, That's not to say we shouldn't keep going to the fringe. 
to the to the friends who, who wants to do away with us, to the friends who, who supports us radically in either direction. I believe there's tons of folks in middle America, in middle thinking, in middle ground that are middling people. I don't, I don't mean that critically. I just mean they don't know what to believe anymore. They wonder, is there anything absolute? Is there anything I can trust all the time and know to be true? Those folks, I believe, are hungry. And th those are the folks I think we need to be seeking out in our, in our, in our country because they're, they're ripe. They're searching for what's truth, and they're ripe to be harvested. Now, s something else is absolutely true, too. The enemy's going after them as well. You can bank on that. In fact, if you watch the news every night, you can see that happening, that our enemy, the devil, is going after them. Yet, they're there to be reached, and it's your, your, your job and mine to be messengers to them and get the gospel to them. Secondly, not only do messengers need to be focused, but they need to know the message. Look at verse 7. Messengers need to know the message. Verse 7 says, As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, I believe Jesus is borrowing here, conceptually at least, from Isaiah. Because Isaiah uses that same terminology often in times in his, in his prophetic writings. Uh, it's, it says Messiah has come, in essence, but he doesn't use the word Messiah. He uses the term kingdom. The kingdom has come. I believe he does that for a couple of reasons. The, po the political Jews, the Sadducees, would have jailed him instantly had he used the word, word Messiah, and we see that later on. The, the religious Jews, the, the spiritual Jews, the Pharisees, could, could see and glean and understand what he was talking about, I believe, by using this terminology. It was, again, a simple message, but with profound implications to the Jews. And he was, that's who he was trying to reach. In essence, they were telling their target audience, which was the Jews, Telling the target audience that God had heard their prayer and had answered them, had, had sent uh, Messiah, had come, the one had come down from heaven to be among them. Uh, then you'll see in verse 8 that God validates that message with uh, the, their authority, with, with various miracles and signs. Uh, says they, verse 8 says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you, you have received, freely give. Now, many, in fact, most uh, Bible scholars that I've read after believes this is a, what's called a special dispensation, meaning that these are mission-specific gifts that were given for this specific mission to validate the gospel, to validate the message, to validate the fact that these, these guys were from God. And, and because af after this, this trip and, and this, this, uh, uh, these messages being sent, we don't see that regular uh, uh, these regular gifts being on display in, in the 12 disciples, but they certainly were here on this, on this mission trip. Uh, as, as I said, I believe they, they were mission specific, but knew the message. It was a simple message, communicated clearly. It'll land where it needs to land, I believe it was, was the key there. Well, messengers need to be focused. They need to know the message. Secondly, thirdly, messengers need to trust God's provision. They need to trust God's provision. Look at verses 9 and 10. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey, or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for workers are worth their keep. Don't get any gold or silver. Don't take any precious metals with you. Don't take anything precious with you at all. In fact, don't even pack a bag to take with you. What's he saying? He's saying, trust me to provide everything you need when you need it, because I'm always good for it. That's, that's a profound message for you and I as messengers. Trust him to provide everything we need, including what to say. We'll see that more next week including what to say, trust him for everything we need, when we need it, 
and in the way it's needed because he's all we need. Uh, as I said, we'll talk more about that a little bit next week. But our enemy wants us to falsely believe that we need to be theologians and know the scripture backwards and forwards to be able to tell them this message of, of the kingdom of God has come. And nothing could be further from the truth. We, we are messengers, we're bringers uh, as, as such. And these 12 disciples, as examples, were largely uneducated men. They were uh, very blue-collar locals who, unlike the Apostle Paul, weren't steeped in Jewish history. They didn't know all the Jewish history that, that the Apostle Paul knew. And so all they knew is what they had seen, what they'd known, what they'd been told, and what they had experienced. Yet, as we see here, and we'll find more next week, that's enough. And it, it always it should be enough. Uh, it was enough to convince them that God was as good as his word. And... <laughs> He pretty much takes half of this group, about five or six of these guys, and changes the world. So we don't need to be theologians. We don't need to know all there is to know about the Bible, about Scripture, about the deep matters of the faith in order to tell the story of the kingdom of heaven that's come. And I know the kingdom has come because he's living in me and he can live in you as well. We need to trust God's provision. We need to be focused, know the message, trust God's provision. Fourthly, we need to look for readiness need to look for readiness. Look at 11 to 13 with me. He says, whatever town or village you enter, search for someone there worthy to stay at that person's house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. Search for some worthy person, he says, to stay at their house. We talked a little bit last week about it's the Holy Spirit's job <clears throat> to, to draw people to make them ready to receive the truth. Uh, it's his job and not ours uh, to make sure that the lost person's heart is ready for the gospel. It, it, it's up to us, though, to look for willingness on their part and openness on their part and to hear, ready, to see that they're ready to hear and receive the message. Well, how do we do that? Part of that is simple observation, asking some, some pointed questions. Part of that is discernment. The simple observation part is, is the part where we, we can ask simple questions to, to determine the readiness of the heart. We talked about that in, in week one some. Uh, but tell me your story. Tell me your plan. Tell me, tell me what's, what are your priorities in life. And as a follow-up question, is that working for you? Is your plan working for you? Is it taking you where you want to go? Those are kind of probing questions. Where, 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 as you listen to those kind, the answers to those kind of questions, you'll see the readiness of the heart oftentimes. But... In follow-up to that, we need to follow the Holy Spirit's discernment, and the Spirit in us will give us discernment. If we'll seek to walk uh, in, in, in the truth of, of the Word, in the truth of these messages that he's, that he's trying to get us to share, if we walk, walk that out faithfully, the Holy Spirit will give us the discernment we need in that moment. We can ask questions, as I said, to gauge the, uh, the, their readiness, but the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the discernment we need and brings the readiness they need. So he has to be trusted to do that. The person who is ready, I found these, these three characteristics will be true of them. One is they'll, they'll, you'll find some hospitality. They'll be hospitable. They'll welcome you into their world somewhat, welcome you into their home. As we've gone to share the gospel on several occasions in Nicaragua, in, in often cases, abject, abject poverty, uh, these homeowners or, or people that are living there in wh whether it's a plastic house or actually has some block on it or a metal roof or a, a structure 
they'll sweep the dirt in their house, that's the floor of their house, for you to get the, the chaff and the, and the riffraff off the off. They won't clean dirt for you to, to come in and walk in and sit down on the chair of Christ with. If they have a chair, they'll give you the chair. If not, turn a five-gallon bucket over and you sit on the bottom of a five-gallon bucket. Whatever they have is yours because there is a readiness there. These pastors have prayed for these folks that are in these neighborhoods to share with. And as we come bearing food, bearing gifts for them, we can sense a readiness on their part to, to be hospitable to us, to open up their homes to us. That's true here of folks in America too. If there is readiness, if they're not, expect the door to slam in your face. And I've had that occur a number of times. Second thing I've noticed is a heart that's ready will ask questions. Tell me what you think about this, or why do you why do you believe that? Why do you believe this? What, tell, tell me what your what your take is on this. This is happening in our culture. How sh how should Christians respond to that? What you what do you think about how to respond to that? Uh, it it reveals a sense of uncertainty and curiosity on their part that the Holy Spirit has brought about, stirring that heart to make that heart ready. And then thirdly, they will usually, if you offer to, let you pray either for them or with them. With them if they're ready to pray to receive the gospel, or for them if they're not. They'll often be willing to let you do that. Uh, even, even if you're, that present conversation is not the conversation that leads them to, to faith in Christ immediately, they're open to, to that conversation being ongoing. To, to you talking to them again about that. Uh, that's, and, and those those aren't hard and fast characteristics. Those are just characteristics, uh, characteristics that I've noticed over the years of folks that are have a readiness. They're hospitable. They're open. They have questions. And they'll see uh, the sense that this should be an ongoing, continuing conversation. We don't need to wrap this up today. I'm interested. I may not, I may not make a decision today, but I'm interested. Let's talk about this some more. They'll be, they'll be open to those kind of things because... We need to look for readiness. Finally, uh, the fifth thing messengers need to do is we need to maximize their time. Messengers need to maximize their time. Look at 14 and 15 together. It says, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if anyone will not welcome you, listen to your words. Shake the dust off your feet as you leave that home or town. Truly, I tell you, it'll be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that town. If anyone doesn't welcome you, shake the dust off. If the readiness isn't there, it just isn't there. Don't drive down that road where there's not a door open. Don't, don't knock, knock the door down. Don't force it to happen. But if the, if the person goes beyond closing the door of conversation and begins to say something derogatory about your faith, just shake the dust off and move on. Let it go. Uh, don't get down in the mud and the weeds and stay down there and wallow down there in that. Don't waste your time doing that. You may feel like you can win the argument. That's oftentimes how I feel. I'm going to win this argument. Dagummit. You may feel like you can win the argument. Your argument's not worth winning if the heart's not ready. Because you're not going to win anybody without a ready heart, without, without the Holy Spirit having drawn them. Don't waste your time. Wait for another time. Wait for another opportunity, another open door. Uh, it's not your job to pronounce judgment on them. That's the Lord's job to do. He'll take care of that himself. Just be gracious. Uh, be like a tree and leave. Just kind of step away from that situation. Uh, in, in rare cases where someone is belligerent and you're wondering, how, how, how do I leave this conversation without being ugly or being unkind or just shutting them down? I would encourage you to say something to the effect of the door of opportunity won't stay open forever. I hope you're wise enough to see that. Simple statement. This door of opportunity is not going to stay open forever. I hope you're wise enough to see that. 
and just leave that with them and let, let, let them dwell on that. Uh, and finally, don't let that discourage you. Uh, because, it's, as I said, it's the Spirit's job to make the heart ready. And you say, well, I believe God led me to go have a conversation with this person. If they're not ready, what was that about? It was just to scratch the surface. It was to open, it was to, to breach the subject. I guarantee you that the Spirit's going to revisit that with them. They're going to think about that over and over and over again. Even though they, they closed the door to you in that conversation initially, and they may not be ready that day, the Holy Spirit's going to use that. So as you, as you come away from that closed door, pray for it to be open. Pray for the Spirit to, to, continue, to continue to speak, continue to draw, continue to, to encourage, continue to make ready, uh, because we need to keep looking for a ready heart. It'll be ready in its time. And in fact, sometimes you're not, the, you're not the reaper. Sometimes you're just the seed sower. You're just there to plant seed that someone else is going to water, and someone else may even harvest later on. So don't, don't discount the role of planter. Don't discount the role of waterer. Just because you're not the reaper, you, you play an important role as, as the person who planted the seed and then prayed for it to, to find fertile ground that someone else may reap and, and water and, and, and harvest later on. Uh, these are important things that, that you and I are called to do, to, to do and be as disciples, is his messengers, his, his, his deliverers of truth. So, as we wrap today, a question and an observation. The question is this. We're all messaging something. Each of us are messaging something. What is yours saying? What's your message saying this morning? Is it saying, go bald? Is it saying, go me? It's all about me. Is it saying, go Jesus? It, we're all messaging something. Every day we're messaging something to people around us. What's that message saying? Is it communicating really what's on our heart? Is it communicating really what's important to us? Is it communicating what is of eternal value? Or is it just about a ball game? Or about something that some new toy I've got that I want to tell you about. What's our messaging about? We're going to talk about things that are important to us. What is it that we're talking about? What's, what's our, how's our message coming across? The thing I want to leave with you also is, is, and we think this is so critical, I used to give it far too much importance. I want to encourage you, don't worry about packaging. Don't worry so much about packaging or branding. Because God's not looking for slick. He's looking for real. And I'm going to tell you something else. People aren't looking for slick either. They're looking for real too. Looking for the real you. Looking for the fact, has this changed you? Has this made you different? Are you, are you, do you somehow have a sense of greater peace as you look in turmoil around our world? Are you living with greater sense of peace than I am, than the average barrier? What is there different about you? Because if it's real to you, it can be real to them. If it's some kind of packaging that you put together to, to impress, they may be impressed with your speech and your delivery and your, and your wordisms, uh, word salad. But what's, what, what you're going to leave them with is, this guy has changed my heart. He's changed my eternity. He's changed my life. He's changed my vision. He's changed my destination, my destiny. He's changed who I am, not only what I believe, but how I live, how, how I deal with money, how I deal with marriage. He's changed all of that. He's real to me. It can be real to you. Our enemy wants us to think that our packaging is what's the problem. It's not the problem. Our packaging is not the problem. He is our problem. And 
as soon as we understand how to deal with him and to walk in the truth of who God has called us to be and the story that he's called us to tell to the people that he's called us to tell it, we're going to be far more effective if we, if we listen to these things as messengers. Let's pray. Father, today, uh, some of us are outgoing in personality. Some of us are withdrawn in personality. Some of us, uh, it's easy to talk to people and reach subject matter that's sometimes difficult. Some, for some, it's harder. But you've called us each to be messengers. You've called us first to live the message, to live it out, to walk it out, for it to matter in our lives. But beyond just living the message, you've called each of us to tell it as well. You've given us a sphere of influence. You've given us folks that work, we work with, folks that are maybe even under our own, our own roof at home sometimes. You've, you've given us friends. You've given us neighbors, next-door neighbors. You've given us folks at the bank, folks at the ball field. You've given us folks in our, in our world and our sphere of influence to reach with the message that the kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven is living in me and can live in you too. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? Is, what's working, is life working for you? If not, could Jesus be the answer to what your needs are? Give each of us the courage to look for readiness, look for a ripe heart, to stay on message, not to get discouraged, not to get confused, not to get sidetracked, to stay on message, not to get angry when, when, when doors close or, or, or we're off foot, not to respond to that in anger or in, in discouragement. Just stay the course. Be steady. Stay the course. Live it out. Walk it out. But walk through those conversational doors when they open up. Give us sensitivity to when, when, to, when to do that, to when hearts are ready and right, to those around us, and the courage and the boldness to walk through them, knowing that eternity may hang in the balance for them. And not just them, but people they'll reach to, their family, their friends. Eternity may hang in the balance for them too. It's just to be diligent to be disciples who are messengers, who know the truth, who walk it out and tell it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.